What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. I hope you all had a great weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. So this past weekend, I was with my friend Christian, and we were both, like, talking about, like, the weird-ass situations we've put ourselves in, like, moving to New York and, like... (laughs) I would say like some daddies that have stopped by. Um, He's also like a Twitter king, which I recently discovered, um, which we'll dive into that as well. (laughs) Um, So hi, Christian. Hi, how are you? Happy Valentine's Day. I know. I mean, at least you have somebody special. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But honestly, like Valentine's Day has always been such a strain. Whoa. Do you want to restart? Wait, what? I need to put, okay. (laughs) Airplane mode. Airplane Uh, mode. Yes. Damn it. Let me actually do that as well. There we go. Um, okay. So how do I segue this? What, what do we, I'm just going to restart the whole thing. Who gives a fuck? It was quick. Yeah. True. What's up guys. Welcome to this episode of behind the bomb. So this past weekend I was with my friend Christian and we were just like both talking about like where we've come from and like how the fuck we like managed to be in New York and like the daddy situations we've put ourselves in. Um, he's also like a, a little Twitter King, which I recently stalked. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> hi Christian. <laughs> hi, how are you? What, what an introduction. Wow. I know. You. I mean, what, what could I say? I mean, there's so much I could say about you. You know, I am, it's been a really crazy past couple of years, lots of shifts and turns in my, I guess we'll call it career and personal (laughs) life. Um, But I mean, yeah, on top of that, it's like, wow, it's 2022. It's literally Valentine's Day. How do you feel about that? How do you feel that it's Valentine's Day? I mean, to be honest, I'm hosting a speed dating event tonight. Ooh. Um, will I meet my future husband? Probably not, but who's to say? There's you know? at least a 1% possibility that you will, and that's a thrill in and of itself, you know? I think it's like less than one, but sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I Okay, so let me tell you. So I hooked up with this guy this past weekend, and I just like, I don't know what it is about me, but I feel like the littlest things I just like can't get over sometimes. And so, like, this guy was like, oh, like, I want a bottom. And I was like, okay. And so he flipped over. And, like, obviously my eyes, like, you would think, like, should just, like, look at his, like, cute butt. But no, like, my psychopath, like, self looks at his back. And I see, like, he has so much back hair. And Mm. I was just, like, so out on it. Like, it just, like, completely turn me off and so I didn't end up having sex with him because I got that turned off by it how did you segue that like how did you were you just like you know maybe we should just like cuddle like what was I pulled the oh like my dick is like not getting hard uh I mean hey here's the thing you know isn't it so weird that like such specific little things will take us in a totally different direction mentally and psychology in a hookup like I try and be gentle about those things because it's like, it's not that deep, but also yeah. you can't help like where your chemistry goes in that moment. So 
I get it. I've had moments like that too. It was but... also three o'clock in the morning though. Like, right. I feel like... <laughs> everything was working against that moment, you know? It yeah. Wasn't... Like it just yeah. was not my setting probably. And like, I just feel like that's, it wasn't husband material, like right. whatever, you know? It but is what it you, is. Yeah. You have a cute little man. So I shouldn't say little. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, find me on Twitter. You'll, you'll see the details, but yes, it's, um, it's been, I mean, I'll give you a little synopsis of how that happened. Like I, I, so I originally moved to New York when I was really young. I'm 18, I would say over 10 years ago now, which is wild to me to think about. I know we're um, turning 30, baby. Oh my God. I'm honestly thrilled. I can't wait. It, it feels, it feels right. I feel like where I'm at mentally, I'm like ushering in this new generation of myself, but um, I moved away with my ex that I was with for six years and we moved to North Carolina where he was from and I grew up in the south so I was like okay whatever we'll move yeah, back down there wasn't a, thrilled a little Georgia babe a little Georgia peach exactly um and so we ended up this is oh you didn't even know this about me but we ended up getting married had a huge wedding oh. my ex and two months into the marriage I was like Julie Roberts <laughs> runaway bride like I absolutely ditched I was like I can't I'm so sorry like this just isn't and it was totally amicable we we split ways it was great but that was my personal cue to be like okay let's move back to New York move back to New York pandemic hit as soon as I moved back to New York so everything shut down um and a few months into the pandemic I was like okay I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty horny and I feel like I need to figure out a way to do this without hyper exposing myself to the pandemic. So what better way to do it than get on Grindr, you know, good old <laughs> Grindr. So I downloaded Grindr and ended up chatting with this guy who was two blocks away from me, lived two blocks away. And we ended up hanging out and over a year later, we're together and it's been great. I never thought I'd have a Grindr romance, but it works, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the marriage, it sounds like. Uh, by a landslide, absolutely. Well, let me ask you, because you guys obviously met on Grinder and you are dating now, but how is it technically working? I feel like I should give a backstory. So I'll let you give a backstory to like your employment. Let's start there. Tell okay, your for sure. So I, when I moved back to New York, I had just come out of a really, oh God, there's so many details to this, but I'll just, I'll shorten it. Um, when I moved back to New York, I was in the midst of a, a big personal life change. I had gone through a couple of like career shifts that I was liking, but I didn't necessarily feel super passionate about them. What were you I didn't, doing? So I originally went to school for musical theater and I was an actor for a while, but halfway through that journey, I was just like, Mm, it's it's such a difficult industry and there's a lot of constant criticism and I just wasn't in a mental place where I felt like I I wanted to constantly be told that I needed to change and this and that and it was very image-based which I had always ended up finding like I had done modeling for a while too and I I was just like I need to take a break from being so hyper-examined Physically. Well, it's all subjective too. You know what I mean? Like you could perform exactly. for one person and your God's gift to earth and someone else is like, oh, he's trash. 
And in my mind, I'm constantly trying to like remind myself, like, no, you are talented. Like you are doing what you're supposed to do. And then everyone that you audition for is like, you could be more talented. And I'm just like, ah, fuck. Okay. (laughs) So I moved to, when I moved to North Carolina, I ended up moving down there with a friend. Uh, Well, I moved down there with my boyfriend at the time, but a friend of mine that was also living in New York just so synchronistically happened to move to the exact same town in North Carolina. It was very bizarre timing. Um, And we ended up opening up a store together and it was like a little lifestyle boutique and it sold a bunch of like cool things from, you know, like spiritual crystals to pillows. Like it had literally everything. And it ended up being really, really, really successful and more successful than I ever thought it would ever be. Long story short, it ended up being an absolute mess. And I caught a lot of fraudulent activity happening between that business partner and it ended up being a lawsuit and me we moving back to New York. Oh yeah, it was it was brutal. It was a, a nice hefty year of intense legal battle. But I basically ended up taking my leave from that business and the lawsuit ended. And literally like the next week I had my bags packed and I moved back to New York. So I was sort of moving back to New York being like, okay, I have all these plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet these people. I'm going to do this. Then the pandemic hit and I couldn't do any of that. So I was just like, Ooh, okay. 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 (laughs) I had toyed with the idea for a long time of OnlyFans and figuring out what that would mean. You know, I feel like everyone was kind of trying it at that point, the beginning of the pandemic, because everyone needed to make, you know, remote money as much as they could. Um, And so I, I dove in and had some pretty quick success with it. And, you know, at first I was like, I'm not going to show my face. I want this to be very anonymous. It's going to be like an alt Twitter situation. A few months in, I was like, fuck it. Let's just rip the mask off like no one cares anymore and I feel like once when I did that it became more liberating for me I guess you know I just talked a second ago about how I left theater because it was such a physically critical industry and then I go into I was literally gonna say (laughs) I was like isn't this more critical but I feel like this time around though I have autonomy about how I'm going to present myself and how I want to present myself and when I want to present myself. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the, like the missing aspects of theater and film and entertainment industry side that I didn't, I never had autonomy over myself. I always had to be or look a way that somebody else wanted me to. So doing this was honestly like, I know it sounds dramatic, but it was like probably the most liberating thing I've ever done. Like it was really like, Wow. And and when it was successful and I was actually making good money from it, I was just like, wow, okay, like this is nice. And it just so happened that the guy that I started dating that I met off of Grinder, he is honestly really hot. So I'll just say that. Like, and so he <laughs> he had toyed with the idea of OnlyFans as well. So I was like, okay, well, maybe we can just film together and the rest is history. So like he didn't have one pro like you both were like, let's both make one and just like dive in and do it. I had made mine first and I was posting some videos of he and I together and I was getting a lot of messages being like, does he have an OnlyFans? Does he have an OnlyFans? And I was like, hmm, okay, well, you know, I told him, I was like, maybe you should just make one and see where it goes. I mean, you're, you're hot and you're hung. And so like, 
people are gonna love that so to be honest how big is his dick because it literally looks like it's at least nine inches it looks it's cute. nine inches yeah okay I was it's like that. chef's kiss like i i there's no other word for it like it's just it's one of those like picturesque pieces of art i'm like wow god really blessed you <laughs> you're like this this is mine i love it's mine yeah i'm gonna yeah. take this and run with it <laughs> <laughs> that you do baby <laughs> so is it difficult to like work with your partner because I know you obviously have worked with partners and friends and things previously so now I mean this is technically your job with your boyfriend is it difficult to like work with him there are definitely aspects that I feel have a tendency to trigger specific mindsets in me that can potentially start fights or make tensions arise. I am definitely, you know, I, what I was just talking about, how like I love the aspect of autonomy inside of, you know, filming and creating content on OnlyFans. I, I think when I originally had that mindset and I was making content and posting it, I became really perfectionist oriented about how I wanted it to look and how I wanted it to appear. Yeah. And so the first couple of times, like we were filming content, I would come with like a set list of like, we're going to take this shot. We're going to do this angle. We're going to edit it this way and make it look like this. And he was like, let's just like turn the iPhone camera on and like film that POV. And I'm like, no, we're not going to be that. It's not going to be some like shitty Pornhub video. Like we're going to do this and we're going like, to, we're going to do it. Vision. Yeah, I wanted it to be like beautiful lighting. I wanted to frame it as like, not even frame it. I wanted it to literally be like a couple having sex, but yeah. not just like necessarily anonymously. I wanted people to know that it was he and I doing it. Um, and so in the moments when we would catch like different mindsets about how we wanted the videos to look, I definitely have a tendency to get aggressive and just be like, no, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it. I promise you it's going to be better this way. So I've had to learn a lot how to compromise inside of the visuals of all of it because it's his page too. You know, he has yeah. his own OnlyFans too. He deserves a say in how it looks. So, But it is also you. So I feel like if yeah. I was like a bitch, like don't fucking take that of me. I don't like that angle or position or whatever it is. Like you should want whatever's going out there of yourself to like confidence. You know what I mean? Like that's exactly. And as we've seen it, all over like once you do one thing it's everywhere you know what I mean like there's no so you want to like look back and be like yeah I posted that because I fucking loved it and it looks hot yeah and the reality is that I've had to really make peace with is that this will be on the internet forever and that was a huge thing for me because like you know I'll admit like I'm at a I'm still at a crossroads in my adult life where I'm not really sure what the future is going to look like. I have a lot of ideas and creative things that I want to do with my life, but I, I am not always the, the fastest at making those things happen. I definitely stall sometimes. Um, but I feel like I, I am proud of what I put out on that page. And so I assume that in my older life, I will still be proud that that is available on the internet no to be honest people always say that they're like because even like so 
I'm from upstate New York. We've talked about this or whatever. Like, so it's a very like, I wouldn't want to say small town, but small minded people sometimes. And so people oftentimes like friends from college or high school will be like, oh, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, this is it. Like, you're just going to like post butt pictures. and like, this is what you do now. Or like, and I'm like, well, I have like a plan. Like, is it like a foolproof plan? I don't know. But like, I'm just trying to literally make as much cash as possible. And like, however the cash comes in, I don't care. And I truly think when I'm like 40 and 50 and I'm living off of like, property and I'm floating in my pool fucking butt ass naked with my dick flopping and if I'm fat or if I'm skinny or whatever it is like I'm not going to care how I got there the point is I got there and everyone else is still going to be working so I'm always like I don't like I feel like everyone just is hustling and has their own visions and like no visions the same for two people and it's like just stick to what works for you you know like I don't need your opinion exactly and I I completely resonate with that and like I I feel like the thing that I keep saying to myself is work smarter not harder and if I can find ways that I personally feel like is smarter for me then I'm gonna take that avenue over working like breaking my back doing hard labor any day not that there's anything wrong with that avenue of life if that's your tea then go for it but for me I'm like I'm a creative spirit. I have a lot of things that I want to do and that those things require time and they require flexibility and they require the ability to be able to travel or do this and that whenever you need to. Yeah. And if I, I know about myself that if I tie myself down to, you know, a nine to five, then I'm not going to be able to do those things. And, you know, I've had a, I've had a handful of people message me over the last year of having OnlyFans being like, it's just so crazy how you literally just don't work and you can live. And I'm like, no, I do. I just don't work the way you do. Like the emotional toll that you feel going to an office and sitting there all day is the same. I feel when I post myself sucking dick on Twitter, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like there's still an emotional toll. It's still there. Yeah. No, I hear you. Cause I feel like every time you do post something or like even the messages you get from people, I'm not saying I care what people think, but when you do see something and it rubs you the wrong way, there's still criticism you're getting by being online, whether it's criticism at your nine to five job because you fuck something up or whatever, there's criticism on the other side of things too. So, I mean, I think it's just growing up as you just have to get used to it and say, fuck it. Exactly. And when I've, when I had probably the first couple of months into having the, my OnlyFans page open, I made the big mistake of Googling my uh, my username on OnlyFans and found just the most hateful forums of people being like, do not pay for this page. It sucks. Like, you're not going to find anything that you want. And of course, like, there are always less negative comments than there are positive, but the negative ones hold so much more weight for me than the positive ones. Of course. Yeah. So I'm just like, Oh damn, someone started an entire internet forum about how they hate my OnlyFans page and recommending people not pay for it. But then they were recommending people not paying for it, but screen recording the videos on the page and putting them in the forum for people to see. And I'm just like, y'all just want it for free. You don't think it's bad. You just don't want to pay for it. No, that's the thing is I feel like people don't realize that it's like a job. Like this isn't just like a, 
oh, we're fucking around. Like, that's how we're just trying to, like, make a couple dollars here. That's all, dude. Like Exactly. It's a literal, like, bill-paying job. Like, I pay for my whole life off of OnlyFans, and I'm so incredibly grateful for it because it honestly has offered me a lot of peace of mind during the pandemic where everything has been so unsure. And, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, like, and by people, I mean my therapist. <laughs> I, I've talked, I finally confessed to my therapist after like a year of not talking to my therapist about this much because I was so nervous about what she was going to say about it. I finally told her about it. And of course, she was completely supportive and like, if you're happy, do your thing. Um, but I, I talk a lot with her about how there is this sort of resting anxiety that always lives there about how fragile the internet is specifically around nudity and censorship like I have had no issues on Twitter so far but recently I got like um I don't know if anyone else can see it but I can see it where there's like a a warning below each of my posts saying that like this might be crossing Twitter's guidelines but you know we're gonna let this pass and if you want to appeal this so I'm pretty sure there's parts of my Twitter page that are being sh shadow banned in some capacity, but I, I try and not let that anxiety take over because it's, you know, a hypothetical reality that hasn't happened yet. So I'd rather deal with yeah. the fallout when it happens rather than prepare. Well, I for also it. think that's probably just their way of like covering their ass legally. Period. Yeah. That I doubt they're going to actually do something. Like I think Twitter's platform is for like porn, essentially. You know what I mean? Like completely for opinionated gays and porn. And I'm like, if y'all are coming after me and you're not coming after the 15 times more graphic porn that people are posting on Twitter than what I'm posting, then go off. But, you know, if something were to happen, I would definitely appeal it and try and get it back. But, you know, I'm, I'm just allowing myself to be chill inside of it right now and do my thing and post the videos when I want to post them. And you're fine. She got those fresh yeah. lips. She's got money. Right. The injections <laughs> are fresh. Like we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody you try to like emulate you know what I mean like if you're on Twitter or you see other porn videos are you like this is the style I want to look like I don't want to look like tied up with cum all over my face or something yeah I, I don't know if there's anyone specifically that I'm trying to emulate but I guess like this is honestly the worst comparison but I'm I'm using it simply visually and aesthetically but uh, I feel like the the like lighting and coloring of a lot of the the videos that I see and I want to emulate are very much like Bellamy style, if you remember oh, those videos okay. of like the really gorge European boys. But yeah, the young I don't... ones. <laughs> I don't necessarily find like the, the those videos are not necessarily a, a sexual turn on for me but I always thought like the way that they used a lot of natural lighting and not studio lighting is just so much more beautiful to me to watch and like I think I'm I think I'm trying to be original as much as possible because I do see a lot of people on Twitter that are just you know copy and pasting content from someone that is a really big page 
you know, and, you know, nothing's really original anymore. Everyone's going to copy and paste whatever they want, but I'm just trying to shoot the angles that make me look good and make my boyfriend look good. We all know our angles. Exactly. That's the most important. You can really do anything if you know your angles. Although I guess I don't know my angle when it comes to like sucking a dick. Like, I don't know if I need to be like chin up. Like if I like look better like this way, like, I guess I wouldn't know. I don't know that angle yet, but like maybe one day, you know? That one's that one is honestly probably the hardest one in my opinion to, to really fucking a dick, right? Because like you, whoever is holding the camera or wherever you have the camera set up, like you really have to make sure you're catching the most flattering lighting, the most flattering angle of that person. Because like if I'm in it, I'm going off. Like I'm yeah. just I'm going full force. But when the camera's on, I mean. I say this lightly because like anyone that I tell to go to the page or subscribe or anyone on, on Twitter, that's like, what's on your page, blah, blah, blah. Like it is real. All of the videos on there are fully real sex videos between me and my boyfriend. But, you know, obviously it would be foolish to not say like, of course we stage these things in specific angles and lighting to make sure that they look good for you, the viewer watching it, because I don't think something with shitty lighting and you can't really see this detail there and you can't tell this and that, like that doesn't, that's a disservice, I feel like to the people watching the video. Well, you want it to look good for yourself even yeah. though. But yeah. yeah, sucking dick, that was one thing originally that I was like, I'm never gonna record a, or post a video on Twitter of me doing that because that's just like full force. Like you have a dick in your mouth. It's a close up shot. Usually like you'll never be able to get away from that. But did you see you know, Nelly's dick, not his dick sucking video, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was not impressed. I thought it was thick. Right. But it wasn't like, but I also didn't realize he's five, eight, which I, that's shorter than I realized. So, I mean, not that height has everything to do with dick size by any means, but like, I just, once I Googled, he was only 5'8", I was like, okay, that dick makes sense for him now. It, it would be proportionally correct visually. Yeah. I just feel like he always had the most like insanely big dick energy, like when I would yes. like watch him in music videos and stuff. But I mean, he's, he's still sexy. So go off Nelly, live yeah. your life. I, I hope you consented to that video being posted. I don't think he did, unfortunately, but. You don't well, think he posted that himself? Apparently the rumor is that she went into his phone and posted it. Which is like, how? Listen, maybe she's trying to launch her OnlyFans. Maybe she's like, I want all this fucking press and people are going to be like, wow, this girl honestly that's the thing and like I'm honestly surprised actually I'm not saying I'm surprised I think that in the future I do really think that OnlyFans is going to expand even more and I mean even like um Playboy just launched their version of OnlyFans called Centerfold it's the exact same platform but theirs is honestly the the build out of their like user interface is honestly really gorge and it's it's way more aesthetically pleasing to me than OnlyFans is because OnlyFans they try and made this theme of it being like a feed almost where you're scrolling through the feed of people's content um but I really like the the concept of centerfold because 
you scroll through and you can pick which things you want to be locked. So people can see a little preview here and a little preview there, which I think is great for like a, from a sales perspective, I'm like, you know, you give yeah, them I mean, a little bit porn videos. I always like hover because you see those like little clips for a minute. Cause I'm like, I want to like, there's nothing worse than watching like a fucking eight minute video. And then you don't see them like finish or something. Cause I don't really pay for porn. So I'm like, when I'm watching it and I just see the fucking thing, I'm like, I wasted my time next. Literally. I know. I'm like, God, so. the, it's the, it's the age old, like looking for a video for an hour and then jerking off for three minutes. Like it's, it's really really incredible like what a psychological like 10 10 tabs open but you only get to two and you're dissatisfied with everyone i'm like (laughs) this isn't what i wanted (laughs) wait so do you like this is the last thing we're talking about your only fans we didn't even talk about what we're supposed to be talking about today at all yet (laughs) um do you guys like make videos with other people as well or is it just you two we toyed with the idea in the beginning of it being a collab centric page, but I found that I didn't really want to do that because like, I felt more inclined to create a page that was focusing on two people specific dynamic as opposed to, you know, every other week is a new video with a new guy. Like, I think those pages are super hot and most of them are really successful. That's just not necessarily my tea. Like I, I wasn't necessarily gunning for that to be the way I represented myself on OnlyFans. I get lots of requests for it, but I, I just don't think that that will ever be my thing because I didn't necessarily want it to be like, hey, I'm a porn star now and I'm doing full-time porn and more so like, you know, there's a quote unquote camera set up in the room filming this like couple having sex. You know what I mean? Like, Does it ever like change your relationship? Because I feel like if you're like not filming, for example, and you're just having sex, like as a normal couple would, are you ever like, oh, like I'm not in the mood because we just filmed today. You know what I mean? Like does the sex aspect ever I don't know, change the relationship, I guess. That's a great question, actually. And it's something like, I don't think I've really verbalized much other than with my boyfriend. Um, It definitely like, when I'm feeling turned on, or he's feeling turned on, like, I have a natural inclination to be like, grab the camera and set it up, because it's like, why not just film it. But admittedly, like, both of us are a bit different sexually when the camera's on like it's it's a bit more performative it's a bit more like making sure your angle's right and so I feel like when we've really had to be conscious about like making sure that we still have an organic sex life outside of filming because if we can maintain the organic sex life outside of filming the filming will always be better because there's just more chemistry that builds and and I, we made a pact in the beginning that like our, our only sexual interactions were not going to be the ones that we had on camera, because that's just, we set up specific days during the week where we know we're going to film content. And if, you know, one of us isn't feeling it on those days, then we don't do it. We also decided that we would never film anything if neither of us weren't feeling it, which I love because, you know, having to film a sex video when I don't want to film a sex video just feels awful to me I'm just like oh 
no. Well, yeah, sometimes you get drunk and eat Taco Bell and you're like, it's not my day. I will not be bottoming today. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so one of the things we wanted to talk about, because we didn't even dive into this completely. I said, let's save the stories because I want to hear your stories. But I would say most people move to New York or they're young. And even now, I feel like even like my sister is like, I want a fucking sugar daddy. Like, I feel like everybody wants a sugar daddy. I mean, if somebody's going to offer you something, why would you not take it? So Period. I think you and I were fortunate at one point to be given the opportunity to have one um, or a couple. And <laughs> a couple. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you think it's common for like gay men to have a sugar daddy? I definitely think it's common, but I think that a lot of people would never dare tell anyone that they do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a very secret thing for a lot of people. And I feel like there's a lot of people that have like momentary sugar daddies where they see them once or twice and then never speak to them again and I do think that if that's your goal if that's your aim is to have a sugar daddy then you absolutely have to go through a period of time in which you're almost experimenting to see who's gonna be worthwhile because there are some that just want to meet once or twice and that's it and then there are some well, I that want feel like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like, so there's two types of sugar daddies, right? I would say there's on one side, it's like, they just want to have sex with you and you get paid as a sex worker, essentially. Right. And on the other side of things, it's more, they want to build this deep connection with you and they either want to like watch you succeed and like watch you get all your hopes and dreams or whatever. Um, but they want the emotional connection from you. So right. I feel like if you're just finding a guy who's older, who's like, Jen question mark you know like great get that money but it's not going to be probably a longevity situation where if you have like an emotional connection with somebody like you know like life changes don't happen overnight so you're getting to know this person you're seeing them and you're talking and like you're probably meeting their friends and whatever it is right so I would say those are the ones you want to find. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have actually a, a, a female friend who is a sugar baby and she is in the full-time hustle of being a sugar baby. And she calls the ones that are, you know, long-term, like low maintenance sugar daddies that are just like, you know, they pay you hella money to just have conversations. She calls those the great white whales of sugar daddering, sugar daddying. Um, and so I do think everyone is always searching for that because, you know, they saw some gossip girl episode and, you know, this person has a sugar daddy and they don't ever have to do anything. And like, it isn't like that, like admittedly, there are definitely moments where that does exist, but, you know, even we spoke about this the other day, those are just rare. And when you find those, like hold on to them for dear life, because it's, it's, what it's all about like you really struck gold with that one um but i do think you know not to expose all the all the sugar baby secrets of the world but (laughs) i 
you know, I think that the, the most successful situations inside of a sugar daddy situation are when both parties are fully aware of what's happening. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that it's this like huge manipulation game where you're coaxing them into thinking that you're going to be their one and only. And I do think that situation is absolutely the case with a lot of people and a lot of, you know, rich men or women or they, thems, like whatever, whatever in that situation happens. It's, it just doesn't always work like that. Like it, it's, it's well, nobody honestly, wants yeah. it to feel like, like most people are not looking to like date. So, right. So when you go into it and you're like, Oh my God, like, I love you. I think your eyes are beautiful. It's like, bitch, you know, you're never going to date this person. You're just trying to get money. So like, just be more honest and don't try to be like, like they probably don't want to date you either. You know? And I think like, like when people have asked me like, okay, well, what's, I have this friend who like tried to get into sugaring and like, I was trying to give the most thorough advice, but I was like, look, if you want this to be something that has longevity and you can find some sort of stability inside of it, you just have to be honest with what your goals are, because otherwise you're going to be maintaining this delusion for this person that you're you're always going to have to provide like this incredible boyfriend experience to this person. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not necessarily in the mind frame of offering that to that person, then it's probably going to be really dramatic. And to be completely honest, I'm only saying this because I've had personal experiences with it going that way, where I, I felt more empowered by indulging their lie almost of what they wanted. But that wasn't to say that I wasn't honest up front because I would say the resource that I used the most was Seeking Arrangement. I don't know if you've ever used that site. That's where my, um, so I had one. Okay, so first off, if you're gonna try to find a sugar daddy, my advice would be to either try to be a creator because you'd be surprised how many people want to give you money because they, support you they want to feel like involved that they're helping like push you forward and like your creative process by helping you out and whether you use that money for rent or you're the bitch who like wants to buy a fucking balenciaga bag with the money you got and like not invested in something like you do you but i would say become a creator so they're invested in your lifestyle or go on seeking arrangements yeah and that's the that's the trick like i feel like most sugar daddies are wanting either one of two things they're wanting like the mentor experience where they're sort of coaching you through life and they're offering you advice and even if the advice is something you'll literally never use they're getting off on the the teacher student vibe that's happening there or you'll find somebody that specifically wants a lasting sexual arrangement because they like one that I had was this guy, super sweet. He was fairly young. I mean, I, I'll say fairly young and in like normal standards, like he was early forties and was really nice and totally tolerable to me. And like, we had great dinners and hung out and did everything we wanted to do. Um, but his mind frame was like, 
I'm tired of trying to date. I work so much. I'd rather just outsource it, pay for it, let it be that. And that's, that's it. And I'm like, that's amazing. I can absolutely do that. Like, that's great. But the sad thing about that was I was straightforward about what I was looking for. And he gave me an abridged version of what he was looking for. And in reality, he wasn't looking to outsource. He was looking for a boyfriend. So that caused immense amounts of tension, huge amounts of fights. Like, And I've had that happen a, a handful of times with people in the sugar daddy realm. And it just, it just is honestly kind of heartbreaking when that thing happens because I'm like, I'm never going to offer you this. But sometimes you can't help emotions. You know what I mean? Like for sure, you and I could be like great friends. And then three years from now, like feelings just happen from what, like, whatever that happens. And like, you can't help it. If something happens, you just, you get it. So I mean, right. maybe sometimes when people learn something about you, like, what are you supposed to do? You know? Exactly. And all things like this, like life is a game and all the careers and things we choose, they're all a game and you play to your strengths and your advantages. And like, for me, I know that I am a great conversationalist and a great listener. And that is something that a lot of sugar daddies desperately want. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be experienced in a way that they want to be experienced. And, you know, I feel like we see all of these memes all the time of like, you know, a super young guy and like a super old guy and a picture together. And it's like, oh, trying to get the new iPhone or something like that. And it definitely yeah. can be like that. There's no doubt about it. But I, I do think that there is an ethical way to be a sugar baby that isn't fucking over rich people that you just think you want to take their money like I I totally get that that's the goal for a lot of people but you can have like like I think the first sugar daddy I ever had was when I first moved to New York which I think was you know definitely part of the reason why we got caught on this conversation the other day was like everyone's kind of done it I think I think everyone's had some sort of experience with this but this first guy that I had when I was 18 he was so nice and we're still friends to this day. Like we don't have any sort of arrangements, but like he'll text me every so often and just check in and be like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm well. He's like, you want to go yeah. see a Broadway show sometime? And if I can, then I do. And if I can't, then I don't, but you know. Yeah. I think I the feel, cool thing yeah. is, is you really do build like relationships with for sure, people, like no matter what. And I think it's crazy that like, they're also watching you grow in a way. And I find that like a lot of people, I mean, not to sound like a tool, but I feel like you and I both live a lifestyle that most people don't live. So when you like get like an inside scoop of like what's actually going on and like what we're doing day to day, people are interested by that. Like if just like you and I, just like the dumb shit we do all day, you know what I mean? Like people don't realize what it is, but when you get to hear about it and watch it, they get turned on by that aspect. For sure. And like, I've had a couple of friends that have been like physically around in a moment where I've had to do like damage control with a sugar daddy. And that sometimes I've put it on speakerphone because I'm like, I want you to hear this because you think that I just text around all day and it's like cutesy and I don't do shit. But like, I'm a therapist for this person. I'm constantly having to talk these people off 
you know, emotional ledges here and there, left and right. Like, you know, I, this one, this one guy that I had an arrangement with, I swear to God, like every conversation I had with him was him like absolutely paranoid that I was just making a parody of him and that I was, you know, recording every conversation and like laughing about him. And like, I'm like, no, I don't have the energy to do that. I don't have, it's enough energy to deal with you doing this. Like once I hang up this phone, we don't talk about you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not a part of my realm once we get off of the phone. Like when you text and we're supposed to meet up and have conversations, you're in my field of vision. But after that, I'm not thinking about you. Like you're not, I'm not like, I hope he's okay. Like, which, you know, maybe sounds insensitive to some people, but like, again, the best thing that you can do inside of that, exactly what you just said, recognize that this is work. This is a job. This pays bills. Is it conventional? Absolutely not. Like it's some of the most unconventional ways to make money, but like, you know, more people do it than you think. And I think even more people than that do it and they just never talk about it. Do you think, well, actually let's start with this. Does your family have any idea of anything that you do for money at all? No, I, I mean, they might know, but I have not told them and we have not had conversations about it. I also am not like super, super, super close with my family. I have some family members that I talk to, you know, maybe weekly or monthly, but like when I moved to New York, it was an escape because I didn't want to be in my, you know, racist small town anymore. Like I needed bigger horizons for myself, but I've, I've played the conversation in my head over and over again of what I'm going to say if they ever bring it up to me. And, you know, it's, it's not a dissimilar conversation to when I came out to them. Like they all are very anti LGBTQIA plus all around. Like they don't get it at all. And so when I came out, it was, I was very defiant about it. And I was like, I, I am not going through a phase. I will not change my mind. This is the way that it is. If you do not like this, then I will not be a part of your life. And the people that didn't like it are not a part of my life. Like, you know, my, I feel like my grandmother was the, the, surprisingly was the easiest one to be sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. I don't necessarily want to, you know, see it all the time, but like, I support whatever you need to do. Do I think that any of them would be thrilled if they find found out about this? No, I don't think anyone would be very thrilled. <laughs> like no but, mom's like gonna retweet it and be like, look at my son. Right, exactly. The and next you one know, will be 10 inches. Keep trying, baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But funny enough, I've seen a couple of creators that have like really beautiful relationships with their parents that know that they do this and that they do porn whether it's studio or amateur like there are there are supportive parents and family members my family is not going to be those like no one in my family would I don't even think my I have an older sister I I don't even think that she would be I think she would be supportive simply because I tell her that she has to be supportive I'm like yeah I was always the very dominant I'm the baby of the family but like I was always the most dominant vocal one about everything like I was very sure 
of myself and like what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And I just didn't give them a choice, but to be like, okay, this is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It was either that, or you're not going to be in my life. And most of them wanted me to be a part of their life. So they just had to accept it. But I don't think any of them would be obsessed with this, but you know, they don't have to be, it's not for them. I mean, yeah. Like if I saw my sister, like having sex on Twitter, I probably wouldn't want to look at it right (laughs) exactly I think it's a natural thing that you like don't want to see your kid doing it but if that's what they're choosing to do like whatevs and you wouldn't be unsupported like if you saw you found out your sister had an OnlyFans you wouldn't be like fuck you you're disgusting like this is wrong you would just be like I just don't want to watch it because you're my literal sister but like (laughs) go off do your thing like make your money however you want to make it and that's my mindset I'm like who cares? Like, as long as you're happy and you're not, you know, murdering people and, and, you know, hurting I haven't people. Yet. Who's to say maybe one day, but not yet. Hey, if that pay is better than this, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, stay tuned for episode two of <laughs> Jeff and Christian, how to get away with murder. <laughs> how to get away with murder. I have some thoughts about that. Um, but yeah. Hudson River. Yeah. You know, exactly. A little cinder block and rope in the Hudson River. I can go a long way. Yeah, imagine that video of you and I emerging. <laughs> dark times, dark times. We'd be screaming at each other trying to carry some fucking bitch into the river. Oh my uh, God, I know. Okay, so one of the things we were saying, though, what is the craziest sugar daddy story you have? Like, what's like the craziest one you've ever dealt with? Okay, so... I'm going to, I debated whether or not I was going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyways, because <laughs> who cares? That's I'm who you sure are. That, yeah. I'm sure that this person will probably listen to this, but you know, it was frankly a really traumatic situation. And I, I am very rarely scared inside of hookup situations in the past I don't I don't put myself in those anymore but I in the past I was very rarely in situations that made me feel scared or that I was in danger in some way I usually would get myself out of them before it ever went there but I had this situation with this guy and super super nice in the beginning and I thought that this was like a great white whale situation where it was just going to be like ideal sugar daddy vibes. Like we had formatted it differently. So it was more like benefactor rather than sugar daddy. And, you know, however you need to format it, go for it. Like it's all the same to me at the end of the day, it's all the same job. So we had been seeing each other for a while and he didn't live in the city. So that that's the most ideal always because I still have my own personal autonomy and space. He helped out a lot with a lot of things, made life a lot easier for a while. But I feel like what I traded for financial ease, I gained a lot of emotional distress with him because he was just... I'm not saying this to sound, you know, arrogant in any way, but he was obsessed, like full on obsessed. And admittedly, there's an aspect of that that is a turn on to me. Like, look, I want to be the princess. Yeah, exactly. And like, it felt nice to be like, okay, this person is obsessed with me and they'll literally buy me anything that I want. Like, 
this is nice. It feels like I have some sort of power in this moment. It feels nice. I still had a, I still had like a heart for him and I understood that he was a human being and he wasn't just like a walking ATM. Like I knew that he had feelings and emotions and problems and all of these things. And I did the best that I could to listen and be a part of it all. But he just was perpetually dissatisfied about everything, you know, we started going out to dinner sometimes and he would get really aggressive with service workers, which is just a fundamental no-no for me. Like I fucking hate that. It's a, it's an automatic I'm leaving right now. If you're going to scream at someone or do anything, I am not going to be present with you there. And yeah, I'm going to make sure that I go back into that restaurant and scratch out the tip that you left and leave 200 more dollars on top of that. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to fuck with these people's money and their night. Like they're just doing their job. And so the last time that we ever saw each other, he had asked me to go on a trip with him to a friend's wedding and we had been seeing each other for like almost a year at this point it was like we knew each other inside and out like well enough to be like traveling together I was very adamant in the beginning that I was like we're never going to meet each other's friends I do not want to be a part of each other's lives like that I want us to always remember what this is even if it's it develops into more than that someday. It's not right now. So I need us to focus on the now and not on what you want it to be because we're going to be on different pages about that. I can guarantee you. So I was very adamant. I don't want to meet your friends. I don't want to meet your family. I don't want you to meet my friends. I don't want you to meet my family. I just want it to be an us thing. And that's that. And he was fine with that in the beginning. And then slowly he was trying to introduce me to family members and friends and this and that. But in my mind, I was like, why do you keep wanting me to meet these people? Because you've told them a lie about who I am to you. You've told these people that I'm your boyfriend and we're actually dating, which means that I then have to continue the lie when I talk to these people. And I gave him a couple of leeway is on a few things and I met his cousin once and you know indulged these it was the worst to be completely honest but so he was like okay I want you to come to this wedding with me and it's my friend's wedding from high school we haven't talked in a while in my mind I'm like why are you going to this wedding this is stupid you don't even talk (laughs) to this person what a waste of time Um, but he was like, okay, well, if we go to this wedding, then we can make a little vacation out of it and we can do some fun stuff. We can shop this night. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see how it goes. I told him, I was like, if I say yes to this, I want you to pay off my credit card. And he was like, okay, I'll strike that deal with you. And I was like, fuck, okay, work. This is iconic. (laughs) So go, I go on the, go on the little trip with him and right off the bat, fights 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 like the day that we get there fights are already happening and I am like okay this is this is not even a 72 hour trip like I can do this I can bite my tongue for long enough and just let him be pissy and bitchy and whatever and 24 hours in I was like I can't bite my tongue anymore like this is it's already getting too much like he is fighting with me in public in front of people like which is so embarrassing to me 
So I, I start talking back to him in a way that's me. I'm trying to get him to chill and like calm down. And he's getting frustrated about like, you know, I stared at a bartender for too long or I was on Twitter and he knew I had an OnlyFans. He knew he's like purposely picking, he wants to fight. Exactly. And then I had already learned in the time that I had been seeing him that he loves the the fight and fight and fuck and make up fantasy. Like he loves that sort of boyfriend fantasy where you fight and then you make love and everything's better, which is so fucking toxic to me. Like that is just like top tier. And they're done that doesn't end well. Yeah. Right. Doesn't end well. Um, and so he was nitpicking at everything and trying to fight about everything. And so I told him, like, look. I'll come on this trip with you. I'm here with you now. We're doing all of this. I think that you should just go to the wedding. Cause he was like, we're not going to the reception. I'm just going to the ceremony. It's going to be 30 minutes and that's going to be it. And I was like, why don't you just go do that? It doesn't make sense for me to go with you because I don't want to meet all of these people. I don't want to explain who I am and make up some big lie to this whole part of your life that you'll never see again. I'm just like, this is stupid. So he was like, fine, I'll go. He goes and uh, he comes back maybe 30 minutes later and is just in a completely different mood, like has almost spiraled into some weird emotional state. And I think it was because he had just watched a wedding and was thinking that this should have been him and me like getting married. And he was instantly aggressive with me about it. And to the point where I was like, ooh, fuck, this is more than it's ever been. Like, he's never been this, like, cornering to me. And so I had gotten, like, an alert on my phone that there was, like, a big storm coming in. And I had gotten an alert from the airline that the flight the next morning might be delayed. And I had tickets to see a concert in the city that next night. So I was like, I can't miss this concert. I've had these tickets for forever. So I said to him... I was like, what if we just got on the red eye tonight, changed our flight to the red eye, go home and call it a day. Excuse me, that was uh, gross, but. (laughs) Listen, I was um, burping nonstop prior to this thing, so it's fine. Yeah, so um, I was like, let's just get on the red eye tonight. And we had a dinner reservation that evening and he was like, you know, I just feel like, you have been trying to get one foot out the door this entire trip. You've been trying to leave this entire time. And I'm like, I literally haven't been like, what are you talking about? I've not asked to leave one time in this entire situation. So I, I'm trying to be rational with him and give him all of this. And so I had brought this suit with me to the wedding and look, I have not worn a suit the entire pandemic like I haven't put on like a when's the last time any of us wore a suit like where the fuck we going that's what I'm saying I'm like I haven't worn a suit at all and from the beginning to the of the pandemic to now I have definitely gained physical mass because I have nothing to do but work out at this point and film OnlyFans content so like I was like work out yeah I'm like let me invest in this body and work out some And so I hadn't put this suit on since before the pandemic. I didn't even try it on before I left the house because I didn't even think about it. I was like, it's a suit. Why, why would it not fit? You know? And so I, I, he comes back from the wedding and he's in his suit 
And he was like, okay, well, we have a dinner reservation in a couple of hours and I'd really love for you to wear your suit. We can just like wear our suits together to dinner. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, that's so weird, but okay. So I try the suit on and the jacket fits fine, but the pants are like about to rip in the ass. Like they're so tight. Booty got a little thick. Literally. And he is like, oh my God, that looks so good on you. You look amazing. And I'm like, this literally looks like it just doesn't fit. This isn't hot. It's not like tight hot. It's like, this doesn't fit. You're like, the button is not buttoned. Right. And if I eat anything, it's going to go and poke someone's eye out. Like the button's going to kill someone. And so I'm like, I'm not going to wear this suit. I'm sorry. Like, it just doesn't fit. I don't feel comfortable in it. And he starts up again every little thing you're just trying to make this the worst time aren't you you're just constantly trying to leave and make things not go my way and I'm just like oh god okay so I put on another nice outfit that I brought and I'm like is this okay and he was like yeah it's fine if you just want to look the way you always look and I was like okay and what's wrong with that like it was just getting so tense and so weird so I was like okay put on the outfit we go to this restaurant. It's like a little steakhouse moment. It's nothing like this is not like a Michelin star fine dining restaurant. Like it's like a normal steakhouse restaurant. Totally yeah, delicious. Be, lovely yeah. place. Yeah, totally nice. And we get there and we're ordering some stuff and we ordered like starters and then we had the main coming and he got some big demonic like tomahawk steak that's for six people like just to flex and be I don't know. So we finish the starters and he orders a bottle of wine between the starters and the main coming out. And, you know, I, I worked in the service industry. I worked in, in bartending and fine dining waiting tables for a long, long time. So I know the way that it's all supposed to work. And yes, ideally your bottle of wine should come out before the main course comes out. But he ordered it like maybe two minutes before the main course was coming out. And it had been no more than 90 seconds since he had ordered it that he was like, where is the waitress with the bottle of wine? And I'm just like, oh, it's not even been two minutes. Like she's going to be back in just a second. And of course the food gets, it gets plated and sat on the table. And I'm just like, oh God, here he goes. And she comes over, pours the wine. And he's just like huffing and puffing, not being nice to this girl at all, starting to like start fights with her. Like, oh, well, I thought you just left the restaurant, just like being so bitchy for no reason. And after she leaves, I just looked at him and I was like, I understand that you're not happy that this didn't come out on time. And at this point in the dinner, I was like, I have nothing to lose at this point. So I'm just going to read him the house down and just call it a day because like he's fucking annoying to me. And like, this is just getting toxic. And I was like, okay, I understand that you're mad that this didn't come out exactly when you wanted it to, but you're at the will of these people. Like they're bringing your shit out when they can. It's not them not doing something because they hate you. Like it's, it's literally the most non-personal thing possible. This has nothing to do with you personally. And so he does this next thing, and this is just one of the most embarrassing things to me. He slams his hands on the table, like 
glasses, silverware, clinks, everyone in the restaurant like turns to look at us. And I'm literally like hiding behind this wine menu, like, please get me the fuck out of here. And he's like, why do you always have to fight with me about everything? Why? Why? And I'm just like, uh, literally jaw dropped looking at him in this moment that is so embarrassing so embarrassing i've never in my life experienced something like this with someone so i just look at him and i was like please let's just finish this dinner let's get out of here go back to the hotel and we can talk about this we finish dinner get into an uber don't talk the entire way home get to the hotel and we get back into the hotel and he seems kind of rational he's like okay well you know, I feel like we're tense and I feel like we're not on the same page. And, you know, I'm getting a bunch of phone calls from my friends from the wedding that they want me to come out to this bar. Um, why don't I just get you the red, the red eye flight home tonight and we can call it a day. And I was like, finally, some fucking sense in this person. Amazing. So I was like, perfect. That I think that's a great plan. We can also talk about this when we both get home and we both chilled a bit. So I say yes to that, to that. And he goes, I knew it. And I was like, what? And he was like, I knew you would take any opportunity I would give you to get out of here earlier. You've been trying to do this the whole time. Like literally set me up for a trap in that moment. And I was just like, I was like, no, not this. This is so psychologically like not this. So I looked at him and I was like, listen, I'm leaving on the red eye flight tonight whether you pay for it or whether I pay for it myself. And that's that. There's no more conversation to be had about it. This is not working right now. There is something communication-wise that's blocking this from being a good thing. So I'm going to rebook my flight. I'm going to get in an Uber and maybe 30 minutes and I'm going to go. And instantly turns into him being like, no, no, please, no like cornering me up against the wall, like on his knees, begging me not to go sobbing. And it's so strange because these are like emotional shifts within like a millisecond. Like he is switching from personality to personality, really wild. And so I am someone I'm like, I hate being cornered. I hate the sensation of feeling pushed up against the wall. That is not good for me. I go immediate fight or flight mode in that situation. So I'm like, please back up. Please get away from me. Stop touching me. Stop touching me. Finally get him to back up. And on the bed is my toiletry bag that I'm repacking. And I had brought this like little Prada bag with me that I was wearing like out to dinner and stuff. And you know how like when you get a nice little Prada bag, it comes in like a little duster box that you can like carry it around in or a bag or something. So I don't want to sound like a bitch. The only reason I know this is because that only designer thing I have is a Prada wallet. So like nobody come for me. I'm not that cunty, but yes, I have a Prada wallet. (laughs) Hey, you bought it yourself. You deserve it. I did not, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) So let's tell the readers. (laughs) Um, But yes, I had admittedly this bag he got me too. So I'm totally on the same page with you. But I kept it in the little like thin box it came with because I was like, I want to take good care of this. It's a beautiful little leather bag. Like I want to, I want it to be in good condition for as long as I have it. And so I had the little box sitting on the bed and I noticed that he's like looking around on the bed and like looking for something on the bed. And he grabs this box and the box is like a, 
I, it was almost like a, a thin wooden box that the bag was kept in. So he grabs the box and he starts smashing it against his face, like aggressively, like smashing it against his face to the point where the box is just in pieces, like all over the floor. And I'm standing there literally clutching this leather Prada bag, staring at him doing this, like, holy shit, like absolutely unhinged, lost his marbles. I'm spooked right now because now it's getting physically violent and I, this ain't it for me like I'm not I don't tell me you that. just got in the car and ran so I I said to him after that I was like okay this is going too far I'm calling the uber right now I'm sorry I know you're not happy about this but I just you know if this goes any further it's not going to be a good situation for either of us so he proceeds then to grab his shirt tear it off of his body like the Hulk I'm literally not kidding about this tore this shirt off of his body screaming I'm literally standing there with my jaw on the floor because I'm trying not to laugh because it's so hilariously bizarre that this is happening yeah like too bad this content wasn't filmed I uh, right and and this person is also much smaller than me I'm probably twice his size so I wasn't worried that he was going to kill me or strangle me or anything like that but like there was obviously something weird going on. And so he looks on the bed again for something else and finds this like big, like thick glass, like YSL cologne bottle that I had and starts smashing it against his forehead. Like there is blood, like there is a wound on his head. Like this is when it really took an extremely dark turn as if it weren't already dark enough. And he does it a few times and then notices that it's actually like creating a wound on his head and like drops the bottle on the bed, pleading with me, like, please stay, please stay. Literally blood on his forehead. I snatched my bag up so fast and I literally ran out of there and he's like grabbing my bag, like begging me to stay. And I was like, if you do not let me go right now, this is going to get physically violent because now you've scared me to the point where I think you're going to hit me next. And I'm not like, you're, I, I wasn't like, you're going to do damage to me. I was like, I'm going to do damage to you because if you yeah. strike me, I'm going to kill you. Like, unfortunately, I'm just going to go into a blackout rage and Hudson River. And you're still going to be in the wrong because you're the <laughs> one that hit me first. This is self-defense. I'm sorry, my friend. Like, this is not going to. So yeah, I've literally gotten the Uber, got on the plane. Still to this day, he has no understanding of he thinks he's totally in the right. He thinks that he was like showing his love for me. So he and, still like, hits you up to this day. Oh yeah. Wow. And I'm like casual with him, like, hey, nice to talk to you. Bye. But like I'm never gonna meet up with him again. Like I'm never gonna see him in person again. Cause it just that was I can deal with clingy, I can deal with obsessed, I can deal with the drama, but like, yeah, but the like physical you're violence. beating your fucking self. And also, like, if you want to be in public, I think my biggest pet peeve is when someone's rude to wait staff in public. I want like my whole insides like curl and die. And I don't know if that's just from like, like you said, like working in that type of field. It's like you have like a soft spot because you've done it and understand, but like. It's also just fundamentally rude to do that to people. Like, why do you think that you can treat these people with no respect? Like, what is wrong with you? I think somebody's dying at my apartment right now. <laughs>
it's him. He's next door. He's listening. This is this is how it ends. Um, I feel like you and I could go on for days about this, but this is all all the time we have. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That story was so long, but there were no, just but so I many needed details. to hear it because we said we were going to talk about it. So I needed to hear it. Yeah. I mean, all in all, like I'll put a cap on everything. It can be a really great thing. I think it can be an incredibly lucrative thing. I think it can be an incredibly evolving thing if you do it well. But like, just be honest with the person. Make sure your intentions are clear because if they are, you know, then situations like this, when they happen, you know in your spirit that you were right. Like you had, I had all my cards on the table. He knew everything about me. Everything was open and honest. He knew about everything in my life. And I wasn't asking him to lie to anyone about who he was, but he was asking me to. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be definitely honest. you don't want to build this. Just be as transparent as you possibly can be because people respect you more for that. So set yourself up nobody, for success. Yeah. Nobody likes somebody who doesn't have a backbone. So even though you're scared because you're like, oh, I don't want to make him mad or like, oh, like I want him to like me because I want, they'll respect you more by putting your foot down is what I will say. Exactly. And like the final piece of it all for me is like, never go into a sugar daddy situation if you absolutely like desperately need your bills paid. Because I feel like that's anytime that I've done that is when it's gone the most wrong. When I was in a situation with that person where I was dependent on them to do things, because then it's going to make you do things and question things that you wouldn't normally do. Like, you're going to cross your own boundaries because you have to, and that's just not worth it. Like find a way to make that like a a reward. Let the situation be like a bonus on top of what other hustle you already have. This is just supposed to help elevate your experience, not live off it. So not be the experience. Exactly. That is the end of um, Jeff and Christian's life advice. How to get away with murder. (laughs) Yeah. Like I hope, this is exactly how you all wanted to spend your Valentine's Day listening to us too. So <laughs> yeah, you know, happy Valentine's Day. Love is real. <laughs> yeah. Like go out there, go on a date, go to dinner with your friends. Um, have a great day. Um, Christian, thank you so much for talking shit with me for an hour. It was beautiful. Yes, I'll let you know if I get any backlash for this episode. I don't think I will, but send, send screenshots. I will. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yes. And guys, you could tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum and Christian's um, Instagram, Twitter will all be in the bio of this podcast. So that is all. Bye, guys. Bye.